Well, we touched a couple. We touched a week or so ago on remote working because everyone's working from home at the moment. Um, it's a shame about all the conferences that have been cancelled, isn't it? Ed? I know. Did you hear about um, FutureSync? The, yeah. the one I was meant to be going up to, I was meant to be going up to Plymouth and doing my first ever conference talk, but unfortunately, um, the live event has been cancelled, so I can't go. I can't go and do that anymore. Well, yeah. I mean, what are people? If you're running an event, what do you do in this kind of scenario? I think I, f- I feel like is there a way to keep it going like without the in-person event? I mean, I think it would be very hard. Um, I, you see, most events have been postponed or cancelled completely. Um, Generally, I think a lot of them are like just waiting until the whole thing blows over and then they'll do it in November or something. Yeah, what would be really useful is if we could uh, talk to a conference organiser, like like maybe maybe Tony from FutureSync. Wouldn't it be great if we could talk oh, to him? Yeah, we spoke to him um, last a few episodes ago, didn't we, about when I he revealed that I'd be doing a talk there. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Tony? Do you want to, do you want to come in and talk about, pod, talk about uh, events on the podcast? <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, it is a turbulent time for conference organisers, although I will say that there are a lot of people out there having a worse time of it than, than us as a community of people. But it is tough, and lots have been cancelled, like you said. Yeah, I was supposed to be speaking at JS Day in uh, Verona, in Italy, which was, I was really looking forward to, but that's been rescheduled now um, till the autumn. Um, but your conference, FutureSync, has not been postponed, has it? No, it's not been postponed for, I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or not yet, but it's it's going ahead with Ed. So it's essentially like a remote conference then? Um, So we're not actually technically running it as a conference. So when I think about a remote conference, I think about a closed platform, everybody in one kind of space together still, even though it is online, and um, with lots of breakout chat rooms and things like that. And um, we opted not to do that with our event. Um, we opted to use open platforms. Um, we opted to do most of our conversation and chat over um, social media. And the reason we did that is when we started this event, or when we decided to reorganise this event for this year, we set five goals. And one of those goals was to get more social media engagements than we did in 2019, which was 1.4 million engagements over the three days of the event. So we decided to do anything we can to still hit that goal, because I like hitting goals. <laughs> well, that's an, definitely an impressive stat from last year. Um so what 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 sort of things are you going to do to try and uh, beat that this year? Well, um, let me just have a look at my board. So we are playing <laughs> a game of bingo because bingo is the natural thing for conferences to do, isn't it? Um, no, so we are we have asked our speakers to pre-record their talks, and by pre-recording their talks, it allows them to be online while it's being broadcast so that they can actually engage with the audience at the time as well as answer questions if they come in Um, we've asked our speakers and some of them are up for this some of them not up for this and I I can understand why but we've asked them to do a live stream Uh, we've recommended Periscope as a platform um, soon after their talk to answer any questions from the audience and we'll be taking those questions through a platform called Slido which will be broadcasting as part of the um, the stream, um, as well as dropping things in from outside of that platform. So if somebody puts a really good question on Twitter, we'll we'll drop that into the platform ourselves, and hopefully we'll have a few live streams that we can point people towards. 
So essentially, you're still keeping the feel of a of an actual conference in a way, aren't you? Because you'll have the talks, and then immediately after, you'll have the Q and A, like you would have if people were in an auditorium, sat there watching it. Yes, essentially. So the reason we've decided to do it that way is the in-person event has three tracks running in parallel. So there's always something of interest for everybody. But we are running this as a two-day single stream. Um, and you won't necessarily, as a software developer, thinking about Tom and you, self-ed, um, you might not be interested so much in the talk which comes afterwards which might be about content marketing or it might be about business strategy so we are trying to think of ways that we can keep you engaged over the day but still let you drop in and out of the stream as you as and when you want so did you think about having maybe multiple streams going at the same time so you could keep like because at future sync you've got the three different uh, areas haven't you um did you think about maybe having all three going at once or is that kind of probably not going to go well technically <laughs> uh, so i mentioned it to our video editor uh, the guy who's doing our live stream and he just said no <laughs> <laughs> so it was as simple Fair as enough. that <laughs> I, mean, to be honest, I, th I like like when you've got the limit of the physical space it makes sense to break things up into the the different um streams but when it's in a digital format it makes more sense to have it all going in one I think you can feel more involved and yeah, follow along with everything and not be missing out and not not have to not have to choose, which I always like multi-track conferences. I always get a bit disappointed because there's bound to be two the two most interesting things of every day are always on at the same time in my experience. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's one of the great reasons that uh, the great things about having the talks videoed. So like. At last year's future sync um uh i think either i was talking at the same time or that i or i was watching a, a talk at the same time that michelle barker's talk was on and i didn't get to see her one and i really wanted to but that was videoed so i got to watch it afterwards um and there were a few other talks as well that i missed that i was able to catch up on um what sort of engagement do you see on have you seen on the video content from last year's conference so it's funny that you actually mentioned Michelle's talk. Her talk is the most popular one by far, so far. Um, I, last time I checked, it was around 600 people had watched it, which is t almost three times as many people as came to the event. Um, I think videoing content like that is super important for a variety of reasons, but one mainly for reach. Um, when I think about the communities across the Southwest, um, and I've, I've said this to them, so they won't mind me saying, but Digital Plymouth started filming their events a while back. Um, and then they stopped because they were trying to do everything all at once. And they weren't seeing returns on that time invested. If you fast forward two and a half years, more people have watched those videos now than go to all of their meetups over an entire year. And it's very much a compounding effect. Um, so the engagement has been really, really good, but it can always be better. Always be better. <laughs> always striving to get an extra engagement. That's good. Yeah, definitely. I wonder if, if there's a, I wonder if there are, if there's a mix of like people who were at the conference who missed certain things or just knew about the conference in advance, but couldn't go and catch up on the video content. And then presumably there must be people finding it who didn't even weren't even aware of the conference before it happened but are now stumbling across the video content in other different sort of avenues yeah those youtube algorithms rock <laughs> <laughs>
So I was just going to add that the the reason why we actually started filming the event is because as an organiser, I don't get to see any talks at all. So about a week after the event, I just sit down and watch them all back to back in one day oh. with a lot of beer and pizza. Good to notice for uh, purely selfish reasons. <laughs> I mean, there, there are other benefits, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's great. It's always like a wedding, isn't it? I wish I could go back and be a guest at my own wedding. <laughs> I, I suppose it's also good for people who maybe don't have the means or the money or could, that are allowed to take the days off work to be able to go to these sorts of things. Having it all filmed there and on YouTube, it, it makes it so much easier for them to just go and still have access to this great content, but not necessarily be in the room. They, they perhaps miss out on asking the questions at the time in the room, but they still can see those talks and, and gain the knowledge from it. Wholeheartedly agree with that. And it's an, it's international as well, isn't it? Once it's on YouTube, there's no geographical barriers there. No, there's not. And that is one of the big benefits of running a distributed conference. Um, our catchment area has gone from about 1.2 million people up to 7.8 billion, or however many are on the planet. <laughs> Has that changed the way that you're... I mean, obviously, changing the format of the event is going to change the way you market it completely anyway. But has that like change in potential demographic changed your approaches like in any tangible ways? No, and I'm going to be honest here. Um, it's been a lot of work to get everything together. So our marketing has actually dipped um, since deciding to do this distributed event doesn't help the fact that I had two weeks off up until um, this week so or last week uh, so not a lot got done because it's normally me who does the marketing stuff but watch out this week because there will be lots I remember there's three three days till the, the conference essentially yeah, it's not <laughs> long it's not long but I'm more intrigued to find out how you Ed as a speaker uh, adapting to giving a remote talk because if i'm honest it's probably something that i personally would have turned down i would have opted to come back next year which is something we offered every speaker um so how are you adapting to doing a remote first talk um well obviously it's it's going to be a, a different experience than maybe standing up in front of people um that's i it's strange but i i think i would feel more comfortable standing in a room full of people than just sat on my own in front of a a camera that's probably not the case for a lot of people but i i feel like um as my experience as a teacher standing in front of 30 and up upwards people in a room that's where i kind of feel a bit more comfortable i get into the zone um so it's been a bit strange kind of trying to get something that is interacting with your audience a bit more which is obviously going to be something difficult about a pre-recorded talk there is essentially no interaction when i'm recording it um, I, I can't ask questions. I can't get any feedback from the audience. Um, so it's, it's been a it's been it's been an odd process. Yeah. Oh, I'd be completely the opposite. I feel like a pre-recorded talk. Like I wish I could pre-record my talks, and then it takes all the nerves out of it because you. And if you mess up, you can go back. You can edit. You can go. You can you can do it again. Um, have you given people any rules or limitations, Tony, about how they're put put together? Like if someone wants to do a like a a really heavily edited like version or are you insisting people do it in one take and as if it's a conference talk to be honest with such a short turnaround i'm just happy people are doing it and um, we've <laughs> in terms of guidance we've given we've showed people the layout that we're going to use and we've told them the resolution it's going to be broadcast at and we've given people enough time i would hope to be able to practice it enough 
Um, but in terms of dictating whether it's live or edited or anything like that, um, we're happy for whoever to do it however they want. Because some people will be happy doing editing. I imagine, Ed, you'll be fine doing an odd little bit of video editing. But there are probably people amongst our speakers who wouldn't have the foggiest about how to do it. Not that they wouldn't be able to learn, but out of the box, they wouldn't know what to do. What we have done is we've relaxed the amount of time. So when you've got three tracks running in parallel, it's really important that everybody comes in on 25 minutes on the mark. Because um, otherwise you have problems if people come out of the room too early or come out of the room too late, it throws the whole uh, conference out. But online with a single track, time is less of an issue. So we've relaxed the amount of time. So hopefully that will help people not feel like they have to get it perfect. And I think not getting it perfect is actually nice. It's a bit of charm, you know. You don't <laughs> want to just show your highlights. It's interesting, though, that you can uh, yeah, play to the medium a bit more like, than you do when you're in a physical space. I mean, we, we know that as, as podcasters. We're not constrained to a radio slot of 28 minutes. Um, we can be any length that we want. So we let the content decide how long things are. So it's a, it's a nice way to approach talks as well. Yeah. Tom, are you saying our listeners uh, haven't been listening to full unedited live streams of our podcasts? <laughs> oh yeah, this is this is just this is it. Yeah, we never stumble, we never make mistakes. Guests never drop out <laughs> without any warning. <laughs> um, we mentioned YouTube and the you've you've given speakers specifics about sort of resolution and stuff from the from a attendees perspective. What's the conference going to look like? What 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 should someone expect if they're coming to distributed FutureSync 2020? So there's still a little bit of duct tape that needs applying to make sure that everything I'm about to say works. So nobody hold me to this because I don't know yet. <laughs> um, so will. the day we're going to have a broadcast between 10 and 4 p.m., hopefully on two days. Um, and there's a chat box on there so people can engage that way. And that's certainly where we'll be getting speakers to engage with people initially. Um, each talk's going to have a bunch of structured social media content across um, all of the main platforms. I won't list them all. Um, and that is designed, we've, we've tried to design it so that people keep their comments in one thread. Um, so if somebody's got a question, they can. it'll be very obvious if they're on social media where to post that question. Um, in, in between each of the talks, we've got some special guests appearing to do some um, additional content, uh, but I'm not going to break break uh, the surprise there. Um, and excitingly for me, the thing that I'm looking forward to most out of all of it, and not just because the conference will be over by this point, um, but we're having an after party, <laughs> believe it or not. So get the beers in, guys. Um, you might be aware of a, a thing called Total Fandom, um, which is a podcast and quiz night and website and things like that about various fandom topics. And they're going to be hosting a quiz in the evening with prizes, um, cash prizes as well. So, you know, swat up. Um, and that's the bit I'm looking forward to most because I don't know how that's going to work. Um, the after part is always the bit that people come to us and comment about um, namely because we normally provide most of the beer and drinks at the pub <laughs> um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that translates that's always the highlight I mean that was where you cornered me last year after a few tributes wasn't it for, for a guest <laughs> spot 
Yeah, that's interesting because that was definitely going to be one of my um, one of the, one of the list of questions that I wanted to talk about was how the social aspect of it because obviously it's quite going to a conference day is you get to talk to lots of different people and like you say you go after it's finished you go and have a few beers down the pub um, and that's a really important aspect of the day but it's really good to see that you've thought about that and you're supplying something especially in a time when no one can go out anywhere essentially um, it, I think that'll be I. That is something I'm really looking forward to is being able to just spend a bit of time, downtime essentially, but interacting with other people. Yeah, it is important. Um, so this is where the duct tape comes in that I've yet to apply. Um, <laughs> we're trying to link up all of the community Slack groups from around the Southwest so that there's one channel across all of them where people can discuss the conference and what's happening. But there's a lot of duct tape and zapier integrations and google spreadsheets and like six different slack rooms to get working so i'm not sure if we're going to be able to do that but we're certainly trying early signs are positive so we're hoping that that will be kind of the, the the melting pot for for the local community that sounds like a really good idea yeah sounds like a silly idea to me <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work <laughs> say. yeah we, we're, we're plowing a lot of money into zapier to make this happen yeah, but if you like you say, if you can get that one single stream, that's a big payoff at the end. There's there's well worth a lot of effort, I think. Yeah, so we we thought about running a conference uh, Slack group, but we just we thought people aren't gonna, or that people are gonna be hesitant about signing up to a Slack just for one single day, and um, so we thought we'd go where the people already are. So hopefully by the time this comes out, it will be working. If not, pretend I never said this, folks. <laughs> no let's, let's be positive i think the, yeah it's going to happen we'll will it into existence yeah um another thing about uh conference days that well, i quite enjoyed last year was going around to kind of different stalls and uh, there were a lot of sponsors etc um is there any sort of thing where people can go to see the sort of stalls that would have been there or is there somewhere they can chat to people that want to kind of advertise themselves maybe in between the talks. I don't know if I, you said there were some special things coming. but um, So we will have some sponsor content there. Um, we've got to have another conversation with, with our sponsors, so I'm hesitant to kind of commit to anything right now. But provisionally, there are a couple who are likely to want to run a Zoom call at certain points during the day, so that if people are interested, they can jump on that call and chat to them about it um in particular row it are hiring at the moment so we're keen to help them fill up their their vacancies as much as possible and they've been a long time supporter of the conference so we, we really want to bring them some value we were actually before we got fully locked down so to put this in context we're currently working on plan c dot final dot final one <laughs> 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 that's it's Isn't everyone <laughs> yeah that's its official name and when we were on plan b we were planning to bring all the speakers to the event um and we were also going to go to our sponsors workplaces and do a through the keyhole video series to the point where i spent an entire day speaking like lloyd grossman to get the accent down <laughs> um, but with everything that's happened that's got thrown out the window and then then i had my holiday so we're still figuring that out I guess there are a lot of things that you don't necessarily think about. I guess you, none of us imagined this was going to happen. There are still going to be 
parts of it, you are going to lose out certain things that you would have done in a, a different situation. But I think it's really good to see that you're thinking about as much as you can and trying to trying to make it as close to what you are going to do as possible while still adapting it for the, the appropriate medium. Yeah, and this is one of the drawbacks of not using one of the pre-built conferencing platforms is a lot of those have breakout spaces for people uh, to use for this kind of thing. Um, so we are trying to replicate it, but we'll, we'll see how that works. Mm. And talking of um, these conference platforms, I assume you're talking about doing it on social media. Does that mean everything's going to be open to the public? You said your reach is now 7.8 billion people. Does that mean those seven point, if, if they wanted 7.8 billion people could just come and drop in on the conference and have a look at it? Yeah, so you can head over to our YouTube channel right now and hit subscribe or get notified. I think the live stream is actually up there already um as a, as a placeholder and the more people that see it the better you know we, we started this conference to show off what's happening in the southwest as well as to bring people down to the region and that's still our primary kind of ob objective um so the more people that see it the better mm. so the, there's no there's no cost involved for someone who wanted to come and watch it obviously it was paid before if you were coming to the physical location is it now a, is a free event? It is free. Um, we don't expect anybody to pay because if I'm completely honest, we're still not sure what we're going to be able to deliver. Uh, so it is a completely free event um, and you don't even actually need to get a ticket in order to watch. But if you do get a ticket the day before the conference, you'll be sent the bingo card. <laughs> the all important. <laughs> well, th there are prizes. There are prizes uh... for the bingo cards. But you'll have to tune in on the day to find out what. So where where do we point people if um, they want to get a ticket? Is it still futuresync.co.uk? Yeah, just head over to the website um, and have a look. Um, we've got our, our rejigged speaker lineup on there, as well as some of our special guests, um, which will be added as we get content in. There are, so I guess you're particularly excited this year because you can watch it as it's happening. Will that? Can you watch it as it's I, happening, I, I, or are you, are you busy you in the background be. doing stuff? Still, I think there might some not literal running around with gaffer tape, but digital equivalent of. I imagine is probably going to be required. Yeah, our video editor keeps keeps on giving me new tasks to do on the day. Um, uh, jokes <laughs> aside, I'm actually going to be busier doing it as a distributed event as I would if I'm there in person. Because in person, between lunch and the afternoon break i got nothing to do i just doss about in the the shared space <laughs> drinking cups of tea so this time i've actually got some work to do i can't just rely on the people around me oh. it's all right it's the only day's work i've done in the last six months it, it won't happen <laughs> speaking of days work you mentioned it's a two-day two-day event rather than a single in-person one now is that the same content repeated on two different days or are you split because we're splitting everything up it's just going to take longer so yeah so it's it's separate content on each day although there might be some repeat but not of the main main talks um and the reason we've done that like you say is just because we had to fit one day's worth of three track conference over two days which is still potentially going to be quite a big squeeze but we'll see um it depends we can't build the schedule until we get all of the content in from all of the speakers which is the one downside of the way we've chosen to do it or one of um so we don't actually know until the day before <laughs> how long the stream's gonna be <laughs> but at least then you 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 do know on the day itself you've got a bit more certainty you've got that content lined up that must de-risk certain aspects of it even if it 
makes things a little bit more tricky logistically beforehand. Um, in terms of number of speakers, is it similar to the original proposed lineup of? I imagine people must have had to drop out. Um, yeah, so we had three speakers defer to next year for their full talk, but two of them are going to be appearing as special guests. So in terms of speakers, I think we're 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 at seventeen, I believe, um, plus probably another ten, fifteen special guests across the day. That's incredible because it's looking like this year is. I mean, the lineups have always been good, but this year has been looking like a really good one in advance. So I'm glad to hear that it's still looking like that. <laughs> Yeah, it was set to be an amazing year. It was set to be an amazing year. So this year and was it always still is. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, but for different reasons. And um, this year was always going to be our refinement year. So we were hoping to improve the quality of certain aspects, and then next year was going to be our scale up year, where we increase the size of the event in line with the digital festival, which which as a community we're trying to work towards. So tell me more about this digital, that sounds like digital festival with capital letters, like that's a thing. I've not come across that before. So I'll tell you the tale here. Uh, So (laughs) settle in folks. Uh, So back in 2016, I died. Um, I had a double pneumothorax and um, tried to walk it off. I thought I was only having a heart attack. So I thought the best thing to do is to walk it off. So that resulted in me being resuscitated. Um, And when I was dosed up on morphine in the resus bay, I had this crazy idea to bring all of the communities across the southwest together in order to do a digital festival similar to the Bath Digital Festival, but distributed in a much uh, broader area. Devon, Cornwall, we might let Somerset and Dorset in. We we don't know yet. We don't know yet. It's whether it's going to be the southwest or the proper southwest. We're unsure. Um, so that, that kind of came to light. We started talking about that as a community of organizers in late 2017. Um, a couple of times a year, we get together as a group to figure out how we can collaborate more, more often. Um, and once a year, although it's not happening this year, once a year, I hire a national trust estate and get us all down there for a couple of days in an area where there's no signal there's no Wi-Fi. There's not even a telephone line. We've got nothing to do but just talk and collaborate and to figure out how we're actually going to pull this off because it is a big ask. But if I'm honest, since everything that's happened in the world has happened, we're moving more towards doing a um, an online event but with in-person talks. So each community hosts like a little mini event and then they're all stitched together over a week online as a broadcast conference, which could be quite fun. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I guess if, if FutureSync distributed goes well this year, you might uh, do something similar next year. Yeah, so in, the, in year one, we tried to actually do what we're doing this year. Um, not with getting everybody's talks pre-recorded, but certainly in terms of being a, a remote first event. And it didn't work for various reasons. Um, last year, we focused on just recording content. Um, so this year, as a, a team, it's given us the opportunity to put our original plan for an online event in place um, without having to worry about 250 people needing feeding, drinking, getting them in the right location, speakers, sponsors, setting up, all that kind of in-person conference stuff. It must give you a good sense of focus now to actually be able to just double down on the 
the digital side of it. Yeah, it definitely does. There's nothing like a global pandemic to focus you on things. <laughs> Is there going to be an MC? Is there going to be one person kind of gluing the bits together? I mean, previous in previous years, for those that haven't been, uh, speak talks have been interspliced with, there's been one person per track that's kind of done the introductions and managed the transitions. Is there going to be something similar? There will be something similar. We're not sure who's going to do what, or even if other people are going to do it. Um, I'll certainly be doing some, and we've we're, we're going to have some fun with it. Certainly, um, yeah. I, I was I was about to spoil the uh, spoil the surprise, but I won't. Ooh, yeah, don't do that. No. <laughs> and uh, um, at the end of last year's conference, there was also like a Q and A with four people. Um, is is that still a possibility? Is that still going ahead, or is that something that has to get dropped? Um, no, we were actually going to drop that this year. We had a comedian lined up to do that closing slot oh. um but their stuff doesn't translate online because it's it's all about audience participation so that wasn't even going to happen in the on the in-person event yeah okay but that was going to be a surprise on the day we weren't actually announcing anything <laughs> to do with that so what's left on your list ed i, I think you've covered it i think we've covered everything yeah is there anything else you'd like to discuss that we've missed yes there is so uh, last year, the A Question of Code podcast was one of the highlights that people kept on coming up to me and talking about, certainly those that you interviewed. Um, how are you going to replicate that online this year? That's a very good point. It's it's going to be a challenge. I think what we'll try and do is maybe get in touch with some of the other speakers and see if we can maybe just get on a Skype call or something with them and do it like we're doing now with you, um, but just in maybe a, a shorter fashion. So maybe just a 10, 15 minute chat with someone and then kind of stitch those together into a, a longer episode. I, I, to be honest, we haven't, Tom and I haven't actually discussed it yet. So. <laughs> I mean, that sounds fantastic. Because what I liked about last year's FutureSync episode of Question of Code was like, how much was in it. We covered a lot of topics and we had a lot of different people on the on that episode, which I really enjoyed. It's great to have that many, that variety of voices um I'd, I'd like really like to try and replicate that at all if at all possible mm. i might do a little bit at the beginning where you can hear me walking up the stairs to my office <laughs> yeah that was fun we did the foley work on the drive in didn't we as well yeah. Yeah. yeah i think it's important that we try and replicate these things um given everything that's going on because it's you know for us as organizers it was a really good good um uh, advertising thing for the conference certainly when it came to speakers and sponsors because they could feel the vibe of the event and it certainly helped us and hopefully it helped you yeah i feel this one of one of our stronger episodes yeah i just really enjoyed doing it it was quite, it was good fun <laughs> during the day having this uh, like walking around with the microphone even though a lot of people seem to be scared of us um it was quite good fun just doing those little bits every now and again yeah and it's little bits like that that really make an event a, a proper conference rather than just like in this in this scenario it's like rather than just watching some youtube videos like it's going to be that live interaction the the chat that happens and then all the little extra bits that happen around it that make the whole thing an event rather than just you know some videos on at a certain time um, yeah completely agree so you're going to broadcast it live across twitch or something do you think I, I doubt it. We'll probably stick with our uh, podcasting roots. 
we like we like to have the we like to have the editor's touch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's talk, to touch a little bit more on the um, the feedback after the after the talks because you said there's going to be you're going to like, are most speakers going to be able to sort of have get into a room and and answer questions afterwards. We're hoping so. Um, so it'll all be public stuff, uh, whichever way it happens. But yeah, everybody's happy to answer questions. It's just some people want to do it via text. Some people want to do it live. Um, some people will do live stream of a question answer session if enough questions are submitted. Because they don't want to be sat there on a half an hour long live stream with nothing to do. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, so it is very much a play by ear on that one. I, I, I generally don't have an answer uh, that I can really give you for that. Mm-hmm. But there is, there's going to be some kind of forum in some format or other for people to ask questions right after having seen the talk and have them answered in some, some, some way. If you're following along with the conference, whether that's on YouTube or on any of our social media platforms, it will be blatantly obvious how you can take part in that. Oh, that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great event. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm ex- I'm even more excited now having spoken to you about it. I was a little bit dubious to begin with. Um, obviously, it's a brand new thing. It's a new experience for everyone. But I think the sort of things that you've been doing to make it to be a really good conference, um, uh, that's got me really excited. And things like even little things like the bingo, even though it might not be little to organize, but it's, it's like those sorts of things that make it something extraordinary as opposed to like tom says just some videos on youtube yeah and speaking of bingo what do you want your buzzword to be ed what what word are you going to drop into your talk that can go on the bingo card let me get my pen oh we don't want to tell the uh, listeners do we oh but maybe they get a special insight because they are listeners (laughs) my pen's at the ready so it's gonna be a word i can i only use once is that right (laughs) Uh, you don't have to use it once. It's just something that you're going to incorporate in your talk, which isn't likely to come up in another one. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think the word will be, put this in later. <laughs> and then I'll edit that. No, that's it. No, that's it. No, you've got to say, put this in later. That's your bingo word. <laughs> For listeners at home, it's spaced repetition. One thing we've not mentioned at all is when this is actually happening, because... We all know because we're involved, but listeners at home may not. Um, if they're listening to this when it's like the podcast has first dropped, they've probably still got a chance to sign up and attend. So tell us more about when and where. So the conference is happening on the 16th and 17th of April. So that will be later on this week if you're if you're watching quite soon after this is released. Um, the stream will be going out hopefully between 10 and 4, but that might change depending upon things that we've already discussed in this episode but it will definitely be on the 16th probably on the 17th like i said to you before we started recording we're still making this up as we go along to some extent (laughs) would you say the best thing for people to do if they want to be sure of of catching everything and getting all the info is to sign up at futuresync.co.uk i would and maybe maybe someone's listening to this on thursday morning where should they go right now to uh to go is it is youtube the best place and just search for future sync yeah just find us on youtube or if you follow us on social media you will you will find it um we're hoping to be everywhere on that day awesome excellent and thank you ed just a quick thank you to say uh we appreciate you putting yourself out there 
um, and, and trying something new in terms of a pre-recorded talk. Um, I can't promise on the quality of the talk. It's <laughs> so, all right. I'm sure it'll be amazing. Let's hope so. <laughs> you, can, you can put in the bits you missed out later. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and thanks to you for putting all it sounds like extra effort to make this conference still go ahead i think it's still it's a really important thing especially in this time to have something that still brings a lot of people together yeah it really is well thanks again to tony for coming and speaking to us about his uh distributed conference and you can find us on twitter at aqo code you can find FutureSync on twitter and youtube and somewhere else tony <laughs> Everywhere else. <laughs> Everywhere else. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, is that all at FutureSync? Uh, at FutureSync Conf. And did you want to plug any of your own personal... Uh... Uh, yeah, so you can find me as Tony Edwards PZ absolutely everywhere. Um, I'm on pretty much most platforms. Um, and certainly if you Google that, you'll find links to all of those. Awesome. Where else can you find us, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> You can find us online, believe it or not. We have a website at aqoc.dev or just a question of code.com if you prefer the old fashioned way like they used to do it in dinosaur times. Um, yeah, uh, you can email us and let us know questions and suggest topics for future episodes as well as guests now. Guests is a thing that we do. So, yeah, please get in touch. I wish you all the best in this tough time, but uh, keep positive and hopefully we'll see you or hear you or see you at uh, the FutureSync conference. Bye. See ya. Ciao.